Um, at this time, uh, Dr. Carvalho is going to uh, present our start strong results. Actually, I was trying to see what the best position was. But I'm going to try this way with you guys. Tom, can we start with the first? So I have two separate presentations for tonight. The first one is just more of laying the groundwork for the board, just kind of explaining to the public, you know, what Start Strong is. And one of the things to keep in mind, this is something that we took in the fall. The reason that it's being presented tonight is because although you'll see in the presentation as teachers, we get the information right away. It doesn't officially get released to the district until December. So we got our official results in December for an assessment that we took back in September. And parents on January 6th, they received their student reports. So once the district receives these results, we have 90 days to present the information to the board. And then we have uh, 60 days to make sure that parents get this information in their hand. So we got our results towards the end of December, right before I think we went on break, right? So let's just talk about the structure of the test. And these are just so you guys kind of have some conceptual understanding of what the test is. So we'll start off what it's intended to do. It's intended to provide information for our teachers that's based on standards to help complement the resources that our teachers already have access to. The second thing we want to keep in mind is that it was administered in person. It was administered quickly. So that means it was done on the computer. We did have access to results, but we didn't get the district results until... December. And then what it's not intended to do, it doesn't replace our local assessments. So our local assessments being our Acadians data, our Lincoln data, our unit test, it doesn't replace any of that. And then obviously we have NJSLA coming up. So this doesn't take away from that or go towards graduation requirements. So I just kind of wanted everyone to have that information moving forward. I also wanted to share with you guys the test design. So what it is, it's based on the prior year standards. So for example, if you're in, if you're in fifth grade, you're taking a subset of standards for fourth grade. So I just kind of put those two examples up there for you. Bullet two speaks to the release of high quality NJSLA items. So when we take an assessment, the state releases uh, questions for districts to be able to look at. We can look at those questions, compare it to how our students are doing on standards and kind of make adjustments in our instruction as we go along. And then it's, it's administered in 45 to 60 minutes, whereas when the kids take NJSLA, it's a test on over days. And then just considerations that the Department of Ed wants us to share with the board and then obviously share with the public that when we're reporting this information, we want to consider the impact of COVID-19. So for example, students that were in fourth grade, uh, when we went out on the pandemic, they were students that are in first grade. So they kind of want us to consider that um, student participation and um, the administration. Also, this is really important. Districts, and we all try to do this, but we know we should not, uh, compare individual students district strong data. Last week, the district met in our equity team. And one of the things that Dr. Gizmundi and I spoke to the staff about, we were looking at test scores and how we present information. We've kind of been doing that all throughout the year in our data teams, but this was a district team that got together. And one of the first questions the teacher, teachers asked, can we see how other districts did? And we kind of had to remind them that for this strong information, you should not be doing that. And you shouldn't be making comparisons on NJSLA data. And then um, the state also wants to note, go back one slide, um, that the star strong assessments were not designed to predict future performance on NJSLA. So when I talk about NJSLA, I'm talking about the assessment that we give for to our students in the spring that's upcoming. All right, now we're going to go into how West Stepford did in the fall. 
So as Tom's putting that up, the presentation's broken down into the district analysis, the school analysis, and then demographic analysis. Section two, I won't go over formally. It's in the presentation for the board and it'll be up on our district website. But the reason that I won't go into that is because it's repetitive of section one. We don't have schools to compare. So if you're in another district and they have two middle schools or five middle schools, you would then compare the middle schools. And then and here in West Stepford, we only have one elementary where we house our fourth graders that we tested. So we really don't have a school analysis to present to you guys. And when you look at it, it's just the same information that's in section one. And then section three, I'll go over the demographics. So we'll look at gender, we'll look at programming, and we'll look at race. And the reason, again, that I have to kind of present everything, it's because the Department of Ed requires us to share this information with the public and then also the Board of Education. So I'm going to try to um, pace myself and talk with you guys. It's a lot of information coming out but if anyone has questions, I'm here afterwards. You can come in and meet with me. We're happy to answer any of the questions that you have. All right, so let's jump right into district analysis. So for the board that's seen presentations before, this is, this is different from NJSLA because remember, this is looking at how we can help the students that are currently sitting in front of us. So you can see there's three different levels. The first level meeting, all right, if I'm a teacher, I'm a fourth grade teacher, and I'm looking at my students. I know I have 94 students that I'm going in thinking that strong support may be needed. The second column is some support may be needed. And then the last column, less support may be needed. So we, you know, we looked at these students and we placed them in support so that they can get the additional help that they need. So that's how all the slides will be broken down. The first one we're looking up here is English language arts, and you can see the district tested grades four through 10. And you can, I'm not going to read each one of because all of you can read, um, but you can just see the total number of students tested and then also the percentage of where those students uh, landed. So just if we're looking at all grades, we uh, tested a total of 1,379 students. And then the breakdown for the district, what with the information that we need, we had to look at, you know, there's 494 students who are going to need strong support. And then we have that middle group who there's some support may be needed. And then um, last column being less support may be needed. So this slide right here, there's, it's in every one I go over only because we're required to do that. Some people, um, the state requires us to put out percentages, but then obviously there's some people that prefer graphs. So this slide right here is just a representation of those percentages that we looked at earlier. So we can move on to math. Math, same thing. This is the breakdown. You can see level one, level two. It lists the grade levels. Um, what's different in this slide is that we do give algebra here at the middle school. It's a high school credit course that's offered. So that's why it says algebra MS, um, high school MS. And this, again, is our breakdown. The next slide, as I mentioned earlier, represents the bar graph of that information. And then we'll go into science. It's the same breakdown. You can see in science, it's different. We only tested, we're only required to test three grades. So that's sixth, ninth, and 12th. And that's our breakdown. And again, these percentages, these percentages are representing information for our teachers to complement the work that they're doing in the classroom. So they know those students going in when we're going over the curriculum, these are areas in which they need, may need additional assistance in. It's the bar graph. And then Tom's going to slide all the way past school analysis, because as I mentioned previously, we don't have schools to compare ourselves with. Keep going, keep going. It's, yes. 
So I have a question on the math. Um, would, would the Algebra 1 middle school and the Algebra 1 high school numbers, the percentages, be skewed a little bit? Because in the middle school, aren't you recommended to, be, to take Algebra and it's an elective in high school? Or am I wrong? No, you're not. Um, kind of right, kind of kind of not right. So in middle school, you are recommended to take the class. However, if a parent comes to me and says, you know, my child didn't test in based on our regulation or our policy for that middle school offering, um, you know, I have a conversation with the parent and I never lock a student out from getting into any class. And when they go up to the high school, they are required three years of math. So most students at the high school level do take algebra unless they have taken it at the middle school in their eighth grade year or their seventh grade year. So they're tracked traditionally. If let's say you're an advanced student, you would take seventh grade algebra, then you would take geometry in eighth grade. And then when you get up to high school, you kind of have a little bit of options of the types of math, depending on where you may be thinking going to school. So in high school, so in middle, just I want to add one more thing in the middle school, when you look at that performance, that's like the best of the best being pulled out. So there's always like a drastic difference because when you're looking at the high school, it's all of the kids kind of piled in there. That, that's exactly what I was referring to. So you know where I was going. Yep. Thank you. All right. So again, I've got to present the demographic information for you. And this is just, we're going to start with race. So you can see the different categories here. We have Asian, Black, Hispanic, multiple, white, and then all students. What's different here from the other slides is you can see that the state does it by grade span. So uh, I cannot see that far. <laughs> I got to move a little closer. Hold on. Tom did uh, make it bigger for me. <laughs> I do have that, but I still can't see that. <laughs> My eyes are going on me. Oh, so elementary, you can see grades. That's the grade span for four to five, six to eight, nine to 12. And again, please keep in mind, this is just speaking to where our students need support in the current standards that they're working in the classroom. All right, we can scroll. Again, you see the bar graph. I think math should be next. So math is the same representation here of all the different ethnicities and then where the students perform, then the percentages. And then we'll go into science, same breakdown, but with science, remember, we only test three grade levels per the state, which is sixth, ninth, and twelfth grade. The next demographic that we look at is gender. So if we can, Tom, if we can just slide to the bar graph with ELA, just because that's bigger and I can see that. Stop right there. Um, in this, what, what's interesting here, the females outperformed the males. Um, when we go to math, you'll see it's actually the opposite which is uh, unique for West Africa because usually the females tend to outperform just across the board. So just by happenstance for this strong test, the females outperformed in ELA, but in math, as Tom goes to math, thank you. Um, you can see the males outperform the females and then we'll go to the last subgroup. That's just science. We'll keep going. All right. And then um, this, the last subgroup for ELA science and math that we'll go over, which means um, when we talk about this, we talk about free and reduce, section 504, ELL, special ed, our gen ed students, and then all students. And keeping in mind, when we present information to all of you and to the board, you could be, I'm just going to, um, you could be a white female, but you could also be, uh, I don't know, special ed and be free and reduced. So you do get presented uh, a couple times within the data. And that's kind of information we know on the back end to go out and disaggregate. Like, although this number says X, we know we're in our heads. We're not counting that student twice. But when we present information to all of you guys, it's all students. We have to show everything to the public. 
And that's just a bar graph for ELA. That's the math breakdown for you guys. Again, all of this will be on the district website. Mr. Tucci will put it up for us, for the public to see. And as he scrolls through that, one of the things in your head, you might be sitting there thinking, well, if you guys knew this information going in in September when you tested the students, what has the district done? One of the things that we've done is we've put in tiered support. So at the lower elementary level, we have tier one, tier two, tier three support. Tier two support is pushing class, pushing to the classroom with an additional teacher outside. So tier one is our core instruction that everybody gets. Tier two is the additional teacher going in there with the classroom teacher. And then we have tier three, and that's um, students who are, you know, they're getting tier one, they're getting tier two, but they still need that extra push. And that happens at tier three with our literacy and math coaches. Uh, over here at the middle school, we have something called a foundations class. Parents do have the opportunity to opt out. We try to encourage them not to opt out, but sometimes they do. And we, you know, we are understanding towards that, but that, class is particularly sectioned off so that we can give additional support to our students. And then at the high school, um, there is support given to students after school during the day and then some of the summer programming that we did. Okay. So when we're looking at this information, we're always thinking about how we can provide. And obviously some of you that are sitting in the audience and the board's aware of this. When we received our ESSER funds, we concentrated our efforts in giving it to the schools. So when folks ask, like, what did you do with those ESSER funds? Like, we're very proud to say that we gave summer programming from K to 12, that we put additional teachers in the classroom to keep class size down. Um, you know, we provided professional development for our teachers. We provided um, in-class support for social emotional things, different programs like our money. The board made a conscious effort to ensure that our money went towards students in the classroom. Questions, anyone? Yes. Um, I'm confused, a little bit confused. Like, so at the beginning, when you were talking about more of the tests, not the scores, um, they encourage you like to actively not compare. I don't understand why. Because the information that you're collecting is for that specific student. So for you as the classroom teacher, you're looking at that student. You're saying, okay, I have little Tallulah Carvalho coming into my classroom. And she was in third grade last year. And now she's in fourth grade. But when I start to go over these grade level content standards, this information is specific to her. So we don't want you comparing Tallulah to Tinsley because she's coming from a different um, learning background. We want to look at where the student's at and then take where the students at and work towards helping support them in the classroom. Okay. So and that's then, directly from the state. So then these results were then used to kind of push the tier two and three support where it was tier needed. two, tier three support and our programming, just make, making adjustments with how we instruct our standards. So if we know that Tallulah is struggling with, I'm just going to, I'm just making something off the top of my head with narr with narrative writing. We know when we get to that in fourth grade, that we got to really work with her because she's showing a weakness, which is why the test utilizes um, released items from NJSLA. Okay. I have one more. Yeah. Um, do we have like a system of correlating? So we have student needs help, student gets help. Is the help working? Do we, are we correlating that and comparing, say, class grades to what this test is indicating? Um, and, you know, I guess adjusting as, as we go to make sure it, it's working? Yeah, so we have check-ins that we do. We, we put the student on a program. So at the elementary level, they go through their tier two and tier three supports after uh, 
it's usually a six or a nine week, depending. Uh, the coaches sit down with the administrators and we look at the data and say, okay, Tula started out here when we did our own internal assessments for Acadians or any of our unit assessments or DREs. And here's what the coach has done to support the, uh, that student. Where have we seen growth? So yes. Mm -hmm. Jackie. Uh, yes, sorry. In case I missed it, did we say? Did you say when they'll be taking it again to see if everything? So I don't know if the state's going to have us take. I'm looking at Kristen because she works in the field. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know yet if they're going to have us take it again in next September. Uh, start strong with something new to New Jersey, and that was put in again to help schools kind of see after the pandemic where our students were. We'll be taking NJSLA, which we always take that in the spring, but I, I don't have information yet if we're going to be taking Start Strong. So it was more of like a federal mandate because we're getting these funds that the state then trickled down to local school districts to have some form of assessment. Because if you remember the first year we went into the pandemic, we didn't assess the students in NJSLA. So if you accept those funds, then you have to have um, an assessment that goes with it. Does that answer your question? This data is good in, in choosing who needs help, but is there is the is there data given to the teachers more specific? Yes. So the teachers, all of this information, when we get it, it goes right into LinkIt, which you know is our platform that we put all of our assessments in. So if a student takes um, NJSLA, if they take a midterm, if they take LinkIt. Um, if they take Acadians, I'm just trying to think all the different assessments, that information is put into our platform that we utilize, which is LinkedIn, and teachers have direct access to that. I download all the information um, and I send that off to LinkedIn so it's readily available and our administrators sit down and talk with the teachers about it. So that would tell them like specifically what in narrative writing the child was having difficulty with or so they, they would have specifics to teach. Yes. Yeah, so okay. keeping in mind, we took the test in the fall. It was readily accessible and available for our teachers to have access to this information, but the data wasn't fully ready to be released until we received it completely from the Department of Ed, which is why it's coming so late because we got it right before break and then... Um, you know, we have that timeline to present the information, but the data that we really look at, I mean, this is, I mean, the kids just came back from being on summer break and sometimes their heads aren't as focused on, you know, an assessment and we understand that. Um, but the data that's really important for us is looking at the growth, our own internal assessments that we are working to make adjustments for. So some, if you're looking at the elementary, because we use that as an example, uh, we're looking at how did students perform from Lincoln a to link it B and, you know, where do we see adjustments with those tier two and tier three coaches and where are students ending up as we, you know, reintroduce standards or go route back to standards. Thank you. I think you had a question, right? I did. Yes. First, thanks for the presentation, Dr. Cavallo. Appreciate that. Um, so one of my, one of my questions is I know the, uh, the administration has done a lot with the ESSER funds and putting a lot back into trying to get students caught up, but it looks from like from some of the data that there are still students struggling, um, struggling throughout. Maybe that's across districts or maybe that's our That I can tell you is so. across the state. Uh, when Brian goes to his superintendent's meeting and I go to my curriculum meetings, that's the conversation that we're having because we're all looking at these scores because, you know, we 
I feel like this year is really our first year of normal. Although we were back last year, I feel like we're doing so much more this year. And it's like, I feel normalcy through that. But with that normalcy, we also have students that, you know, their education was disrupted for two years and we did a lot to try to support that, but nothing beats the gold standard of having that student, that teacher in front of you and that student in front of you. So we are playing catch up. And then we also have a lot of students that we put a lot of mental health supports, especially at our lower elementary level, um, we're seeing behaviors that in my 22 years and your 28, 28 years, years we have not seen. ever seen at the lower elementary level. And we're trying to get the mental health supports in there for our students, because what I, you know, what we have to remind ourselves, and I'm sharing with all of you guys, schools, K to 12 schools, pre-K to 12 schools, we're built as academic institutions. We're not necessarily built as um, mental health institutions. And for the first time in our careers, we're having to put a lot of mental health supports down for students. And, you know, we're not the only district in this, you know, in this, in, in this kind of stance. If you go onto the Department of Web's Department of Ed's website and you look at the strong data, it actually has it listed for all the districts in the county. It has it listed by grade level in an Excel spreadsheet. So you can see that information when you look at it. Everyone's kind of sitting in the same pot as us. We're not like there isn't someone like locally when we're just if you just look at Gloucester County, there isn't like one that's like knocking it out more than us. And again, this strong information, it's looking at the particular students and the standards that are being introduced to them and saying signaling, signaling to us, all right, we've got to make adjustments in our instruction to help support these students. And it's telling us, you know, Tula needs more, you know, more support and Tinsley needs less support in this standard. Well, that's helpful. And I know, um, again, I know uh, you've been putting a lot of effort into, into trying to get the students back up to speed. I think one of my questions is with, with the money that's being invested in, and, you know, the ongoing initiatives going forward, how do we, how do we metricize and track improvement? Cause we always get kind of this snapshot that sits, you know, by itself on where we are, but how do we know that we're getting better and that we're getting those students um, moving in the right direction? And when, and when we arrive at good, what does that look like? So when I started, I forget the year I started, I want to say 2015, because that's where my girls were born. Um, we had some strides and we, uh, the board was very gracious in supporting new curricular initiatives and ensuring that the teachers have what they need in their hands. We were very grateful for that. So we did a lot of restructuring of our programming from a standards base and then also putting supports in place. So this data is information we have to present to you guys. It's more of like a, we, I'm going to be just honest. It's sometimes it can be a little bit of a chore, but what really counts for us is the data that we're collecting internally, because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at to say, okay, this student started here in September, but you know what? Look at the growth that they've made now in six weeks or nine weeks, and they're not at the level we need them to be at, but they're making growth. And that's something really powerful. And last week when we met with our, with our team, one of the highlights that I had to point out to the teachers is that when we look at students that are staying in West Deptford and they're going through our system, their performance is so much different from the transient students that we have coming in or students. Um, and when I say transient, meaning students that are, they come for a year, then they leave and then they come back or students that are coming to us later in their academic career. There's a distinct difference from a student that starts out with us in kindergarten and travels through. And I showed that data to our, you know, my group that I was meeting with 
because, you know, they were like, we're doing all these things and we're, you know, we're, we all feel like we're flying in the same direction. And I said, well, let me, let me point something out to you guys. You guys would naturally look at because, you know, Brian and I and our team, we're constantly looking at that. Um, we're looking at tracking our students. So we can see growth in our students with our internal assessments. But outside of that, we can see in that NJSLA data that we presented from the spring. We can, I know those students that are with us, they're doing well. And there's like, I mean, it's such a stark difference. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dr. But Mom. that isn't the way the state has us present the information. We have to kind of like present all of this and then we go in on the back end and we disaggregate that data. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Again, thank you um, everyone for coming out. Thank you, Dr. Carvalho. Uh, that is a lot of information that we bang our heads against the wall sometimes with, <laughs> but it is important.